This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What I Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How was your week? It was good. I think I have a bit of a cold, but other than that, it was good. So um, how was your week? It was good. I closed on a condo last Thursday, so a week ago when this airs, and I've been busy cleaning, and uh, I did some paint samples on the wall last night, and so I'm just kind of got a new faucet. Just all the adulting things. Hey, you know what? That faucet is nice, so you know, and the colors you chose. So I'm going to say it's adulting seems awesome. So yeah, I'm going to have again. a pink, I'm going to have a pink closet. So I'm excited. And <laughs> an like accent wall. And yeah, really- yeah. So hopefully it all comes together. So that's what I'm going to be doing next week. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, once, um, you know, uh, COVID and stuff is a little past, I'm going to just take a wall and paint you a beautiful portrait of, I don't know, a masterpiece <laughs> just for you, just to congratulate you on your house. <laughs> but this episode is with my uh, friend, Aliana, and, well, former slut walk uh, protester, so you get to hear about that. And we are talking about optimism and resiliency, and it's just a really awesome episode, and we get to talk about her travels, so. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. We are here with my good friend, Eliana. Hi, Eliana. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I haven't seen you since, what, Slut Walk and uh, it's marching? (laughs) Yep. So many years ago. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Meet you. (laughs) So your topic is resiliency and optimism. Uh, What made you choose those two? Um, Just because, you know, I was trying to reflect on my life and my outlook today. And I just feel like it's very pertinent. um, And not only to me, but of course, to everyone, especially during 2020 and 2021. And I kind of realized that there's been a misconception of resiliency and there's kind of been a negative connotation uh, because people feel like if you're telling them, you know, be resilient, that you need to just bounce back immediately, regardless of the circumstances and how difficult they might be. Right. Um, But it's not it's not about just bouncing back. It's about the process of you getting through your problem emotionally and mentally um, in a healthy way. And so that's what I want to talk about and, like, the role that optimism plays in all of that. Do you want to tell people how you are currently outside of London right now? That right. Okay. So I'm in, um, right on the border of London. Um, I'm living with my cousin. I came to England in 2019 uh, to do my master's. Um, and I studied international hospitality and tourism management, <laughs> which wasn't really a great year for a career transition. <laughs> but I'm working through it. <laughs> So how so you you moved there like at the end of 2019 beginning of 2019 in the or? fall. Oh, yeah. so like right uh-huh. before. So your I'm semester was still going like right. 
ending when so first semester was completely normal and then come March is when we started going online and everything how's it been being like across the pond during all of this um (laughs) it's been kind of like honestly reassuring I feel much better (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you I don't blame you I mean, like, of course, now we have the new variant, right? So uh, that's an issue, but I still feel safer over here, <laughs> if that's the right term. I, I mean, I would too. <laughs> yeah. Why, are, why do you pick those topics? Like, what has caused you to feel, like, resilient? So, okay, that's a long history. <laughs> um, we I have the time. Go. Okay, so- <laughs> I think where I could start is that, um, you know, so when I was 16, I was diagnosed with epilepsy sort of suddenly. Um, They weren't convulsive, but, you know, they were uncontrolled for what would turn out to be six years, right? Um, But at the time I was 16, I've always been really independent. And so I was right about just about to get my license. I was looking forward to studying abroad in college. You know, my whole life I wanted to travel and in the long term I wanted to live abroad. So when that all of a sudden happened, I just felt like all of my independence was taken away from me and all of those dreams I had since I was a child just kind of evaporated. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it at the end of that year, so I was 16 and when I was a senior in high school, um, my class voted me as class optimist, which to be honest, back then, I didn't really connect with the label. I thought it was sort of funny because I have a very sarcastic and like, at times, dark sense of humor. Um, But of course, you know, over a decade later now, I've really come to see how my optimism um, has helped me overcome a lot of the different roadblocks. So like I said, you know, getting through epilepsy, um, I had surgeries when I was 22. So I'm no longer having seizures which is great. Um, And, you know, that led me to start to see the possibilities again. I moved abroad. Um, I volunteered abroad. I started working abroad. And, you know, all of my dreams that I thought were gone when I was a teenager were coming into fruition. And of course, that's not to say everything was perfect, right? I went through a lot of unexpected roadblocks. I, let's say, um, not mental breakdowns, but sort of like our today's understanding of our mental breakdowns. Right. Um, You know, like I've been unemployed. I'm not financially as stable as I wish I would be at my age. I'm 28, about to turn 29. But when I think about it, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I was hoping I could do. Um, and so I think it's important for people to realize that despite what happens, that optimism in your mindset is what's important. Like I said, it's not about getting over what happens to you and immediately, you know, pretending everything is fine. But it's about that internal process of what you're doing to cope with it. So what are your cope- coping mechanisms? Okay, so honestly, a sense of humor is key for me, I think. (laughs) Going through a lot of different things, especially with my seizures, I just, I had to, I don't know if I felt like I had to, or if it, you know, kind of just came naturally, I found the sense of humor and the different circumstances that I found myself in. Um, So that honestly, I think was pretty key for me. Um, But it's also about developing that self-confidence, like, I found 
I had to, you know, find the resourcefulness in myself and being able to adapt. And so, you know, like having a bunch of backup plans. So having that self-confidence in your own ability to overcome it, but also having the confidence and knowing that things will change. So like I said, again, resiliency isn't about moving on, pretending things are fine right now. Like it's okay to cry. (laughs) It's okay to feel down. You don't have to stay positive every moment, every day, but it's just being confident and having that optimism that in your future, you will eventually recover, right? Right. And try to get through it. Seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, cliche, but it's really, that's really important. Um, And in university, I kind of, in undergrad, I came across uh, this quote in my psychology class. It's by Carl Rogers, and it's, the good life is a process, not a state of being. It is a direction, not a destination. And that's, that really kind of helped me get through it. It kind of encompasses this whole topic, I think, that everything that happens kind of contributes to your self-growth and your future, and that finding the good in whatever is happening right now, being grateful for what you can be grateful for is really important. And that kind of goes back to having independence and how that's helped me because, you know, um, I have a support system and I'm lucky to have them when I need them, but it's just that confidence and knowing again that things will be okay eventually. Um, But not to say, of course, the support system is also so helpful when you're trying to cope with unexpected changes and difficult times. Didn't you create a... um a cope system too with like the uh, Facebook group with the epilepsy. Uh, like, right. You, yeah. You yeah. Like a support group. Mm-hmm. We started a Facebook page um, for women who have seizures, um, young adults and parents of, do- you know, of daughters, young girls, um, just to talk about the female related specific issues and how that goes to, um, how that relates to epilepsy for, for example, like there's a lot of hormonal connections and things like that. And you just want someone who you could relate to on those levels that say, maybe your doctor can't relate to, or even your friends because they're not experiencing it. You know, what would you say to your 16 year old self now? Oh boy. I would say hmm, to myself that mm, that's a hard question. I guess kind of what you were saying, I feel like, about being resilient and that, you know, when bad things do happen or setbacks, you know, that right. you're I think I honestly wish I had come across that quote by Carl Rogers sooner because it was so pertinent to everything. And it's just, like I said, I didn't necessarily connect with that class class optimist <laughs> label that was put on me. Um, but now after having experience things myself it's just kind of seeing the light at the tunnel you know what I mean like you just have to implement healthy coping mechanisms and it'll be okay honestly like I would tell my 16 year old self like everything will be okay like you can get through it you have the confidence you have the mindset and the independence and the support system um and everything will be okay. Like you will achieve your childhood dreams that you didn't think were possible. 
did travel help with uh, your confidence too and uh, going on this journey by yourself in many ways since you absolutely as soon as I had the chance um, after my surgeries I started traveling solo when I was 24 um, and that year I think I went on six trips <laughs> oh, wow. it's kind of just you know like open these doors and traveling and meeting so many different people and eventually moving abroad just open my eyes to all the different circumstances that people go through. You know, like I met people from so many different walks of life. And I think the important thing to kind of acknowledge is that no matter what you're going through, you know, like I've seen my mentors, even family members, teachers, um, I worked with addicts in recovery and ex-convicts and people who've experienced homelessness and poverty. But speaking with them really kind of taught me, you know, like hearing these people and meeting with them have taught me um, to implement and to implement the idea that having that determination um, to de develop and maintain optimism is really what resiliency is all about, right? So mm -hmm. you have this optimism, um, you can use your coping mechanisms, and that is what leads to resiliency the recovering and eventually your healing. So with uh, what's your favorite place then uh, that you traveled so far and then the cultures you've seen, uh, you've, did you see a lot of resiliency throughout them? Like personally, I guess too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that would basically be my two years in Morocco. I went there to volunteer um, and I worked in sustainable development so I eventually transitioned to full-time work and I stayed there for an extra year and a half. Um, and, you know, I, I lived in villages. Um, I worked with people who didn't have the opportunity to be educated, but they had the motivation to learn and to, you know, be artisans and apprentices and start their own local businesses. And like these places where, aren't even in geolocation right like they're in the middle of nowhere but um and so like I said it goes back to meeting all these people from different walks of life and that no matter what their circumstances were the main theme that emerged from everybody was just having that mindset of being optimistic and knowing that you can get through whatever you're going through um eventually it doesn't it's not a race it's not who can you know, get through it the fastest. It's about how you are coping with your circumstances and the opportunities you can create from it. And I think we forget that. We forget that it's not a competition. And right. with like social media, we're like, well, this person's here and I'm in this spot versus like, well, I'll get there when it's my time to get there. Exactly. Get exactly. And that's why I said in the beginning, like, a lot of people have kind of had that negative connotation around the term. And I want to tell people it's not negative. It's not about the race. It's not about bouncing back and pretending like things are okay on social media. Right. It's just, right. it's a personal process. And if you want, if you need a support system, then okay. But you know, it's not, it's not final, whatever you're going through. Do you recommend also trying, like, I know the support system is great and you could have that, but you said you did a lot of stuff independently too, that right. made that confidence. Do you recommend, I mean, I know everyone's different, but do you recommend right. it? Like trying to do things on your own too? With 
without that support system at times just a challenge right up personally I I feel like I don't want to be a burden to other people right that's definitely a personality trait I've always been independent um but yeah I think speaking with other people say they for example uh addicts in recovery right not a lot of people can relate to them and their support system parents family friends um and so it really is about mustering up that independence and strengthening your mindset and optimism that can get you through it so what can you do on your own so if i'm relating it back to me um i always had networking to fall back on right i was unemployed so what did i do i (laughs) i went through all my networks and tried to speak with people um and i didn't need anyone's help for that but if you're going through an emotionally hard time of course it's nice to have someone to rely on um and speak to if you need it yeah well going back to talking about being like fine i was listening to an audio book this week and they were talking about many people like act fine right and that also kind of takes a toll on you right like being like okay I am fine I'm good but not actually looking at like what does that entail like how why are you saying you're just fine uh-huh. you know like like how can you really like dig a little deeper and truly you don't have to act fine you should be right you know, fine right and so do you feel like 16 year old self versus 28 year old self like how did you act when someone is like, you know, like, how are you versus like now, how are you? Right. So, okay. I mean, this kind of goes back to my sense of humor because when I was younger, I never really addressed it. Like you said, I kind of just played it off. And back then I genuinely felt okay. I didn't want people to worry about me because I was content regardless of what was going on. Right. But now, years later, I can be more honest and open and acknowledge the fact that, you know what, things aren't okay. Like, (laughs) what's going on? It might might not be a unique problem to me. Obviously, there are other people going through um, similar circumstances. um, But I can acknowledge that whatever I'm going through might not be okay, right? And I could tell someone that and be honest and say, this is what's happening. This is how I'm feeling about it. But at the end of the day, I know that this won't always stay the same. And that's kind of what helps me cope with whatever I'm going through is just acknowledging what's happening and being honest about it, but also acknowledging that it's not life. Like this won't be forever. (laughs) Right. And that makes sense too, because I, I felt I was telling Hannah this before the interview, I had a horrible anxiety attack and I was just like crying just because Mm -hmm. I couldn't get medical records up. But then, you know, people go through that all the time, but I had to look at it just like, uh, and I actually thought of you too, before our interview, I was (laughs) thinking like, you know, I, it was, I'll say it sucked and it sucked that I cried, but at least, you know, like, I have this interview and I'm trying to like, you know, hold it together and move past that day because I know it's going to be done with later today and mm-hmm. I get to move on and I know it's going to help me in the long run <laughs> to give my medical records, but still, right. you know, resiliency, I guess, you know, but I'm not <laughs> that obvious. I always, 
<laughs> I always go back to Ambrosia, who we interviewed on here, oh, yeah. and she used to always tell me, if you're upset, you get 20 minutes. You get 20 minutes to be upset and then you move on. And if it doesn't impact your life, um, I also go like if it's not going to impact your life from five years from now, you shouldn't sweat it. Like don't sweat the small stuff. I feel like they like really true. And it's like you get 20 minutes to cry and get it out. But then after that, you don't need to talk about it anymore. It's over. You put it behind you. Exactly. Super, that's like super relevant um, to me because this time, like right now, um, a couple years ago, I was going through a pretty hard, um, unexpected challenge. Um, and it was really tough on me. But I remember, and I was just thinking about this the other day, I remember thinking back then, what, where am I going to be like in two years, right? Like, this isn't mm-hmm. going to be forever. Um, I wonder what's going to be happening. And here I am, like, I'm through it. When I think about it, I'm not emotionally affected, right? Right. It's only a memory now. Exactly. Exactly. So just like your friend said, like, you think about it, you can get upset, but know that in two years time, you're not going to be in the same place. Exactly. And, and just like I said, you know, with mine, I'm like, you know, I'll be okay in like 20 minutes. And I was actually okay. I vented to Hannah in a text and then I was like, okay, let's do this interview. I finally get to talk to my good friend, Eliana, and hear about her awesome, you know, uh, resiliency. So I feel like a lot of people also don't um, give themselves as much credit, like even if it's not fully there, right? You're not Mm -hmm. fully there. Just like you said, it's not a race. But Mm -hmm. I feel like we also don't give us enough credit to be like, you know what? I did do this one accomplishment today, even if it's something like small, like going, I don't know, to your favorite restaurant, not right now, but this restaurant that you wanted to do for a while and you haven't, Mm -hmm. like, why not? Like, Mm -hmm. at least you did something. That's what my counselor says to do is like pick out smaller, even smaller accomplishments, even if it's just putting on your pants, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, one of the things that I, that helps me cope is still finding kind of nitpicking like (laughs) reality just to find something that I can celebrate so I think that's great advice so what do you think you'll be doing in the next five years like what are your hopes and dreams okay so basically um right now it's hard for me to find work I'm unemployed because as you know COVID has completely devastated the tourism and hospitality industry um and so how I've been spending my time is really networking um and trying to get these informational interviews and kind of put myself out there uh my long-term goal has been to move to Italy I'm trying to get my dual citizenship and last week I you know I kind of just emailed somebody um, at an organization in Italy that made me um, really, you know, pique my interest and everything. Um, And he basically offered me a job for the future, because things are so unpredictable right now. And so in five years time, I'm really looking forward to settling somewhere and finding a home and being in Italy with my dual citizenship, (laughs) working in an industry I'm passionate about, and meeting a ton of people and eating really great food. (laughs) I'm jealous. T-E-L-L-I-N-G-P-E-O-P-L-E. Telling people. Did I win? No, you just told people how they can get 15% off our merch. They'll just need to go to our 
new website and hit merch and order our wonderful t-shirts with our faces on them. Order now. More information in our episode notes. Now back to our episode. Eliana, what would you like to tell people? I think I'd just like to really reiterate the quote that helped me, and I hope, you know, it can help other people in life. Again, by Carl Rogers, it's the good life is a process, not a state of being. It is a direction, not a destination. I think resiliency and optimism um, are key to recovering and healing from circumstances. Again, like we've talked about, it's not a race. It's not about just getting over it and pretending things are fine, but really acknowledging what you're going through and using your healthy coping mechanisms to get through it. Um, And so, uh, you know, everyone experiences storms, but not everyone is in the same boat. And while that's important to acknowledge um, and to acknowledge the privileges you might have access to like for example a a stronger uh, support system that might be emotionally and financially useful not everybody has access to those same resources but everybody has the ability to foster up uh, self-confidence and resourcefulness um, and the optimism that you need to realize that you are not stuck where you are right Um, you you will get through it. And I think that is the most important thing to remind yourself if you're going through tough times is that, you know, you might, you are experiencing something right now. um, But again, think about where are you going to be next year or even in a few months, like things will change and you could do it. I like that. And that's one of my favorite like new quotes is that we are in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat because I feel like that puts things in perspective because, you know, some people are cruising by in their yacht when other people are just, they just have like a life float thing. I can't Mm -hmm. think of the name of it. Life vest? Mm -hmm. No, no. The little like circle, like floating thing. (laughs) Floating device, the boat, the buoy, a buoy. Well, it's a buoy, and then you also have the inflatable boat. No, it's a buoy. Are you trying to say boat in an English? There's also an inflatable boat. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like the buoy. Like some people are just floating and just trying to survive, and you know they, and you forget like okay, I'm in a nice boat, so it's way easier for me to survive versus somebody that is in the mm-hmm. the buoy and they don't have the same opportunities that right. I have been handed. So, and yeah. like I said, I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, there are differences. There are – wait, let me start over. <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to acknowledge that you – may or may not have certain privileges, but it's also important to remember that you do not have to compare your circumstances or your traumas to other people because that just means that you're invalidating what you're going through and that's not okay. Like what you are feeling is valid and you just need to utilize your own resiliency. You you know that you have it in there um, and you just have to utilize, yeah, your resources and um, your coping mechanisms to get through it, and that doesn't make your adverse circumstances any less valid than other people's. Yeah, because I noticed that too with myself. Like people are like, "Well, others have it this," and it's like, "But 
if you can focus on you right. and be like, yeah, others have this too, but don't think, oh, yours is less mm -hmm. than other anyone else's. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's going through, like you just said, all on it. And you have to know your self-worth too. Exactly. Like just know. And I feel like that's hard too when you start to compare yourself. Well, I think it, it's hard now. Like I always bring back to social media. I mean, I think social media has connected us, but it's also made us feel like, like, oh, these people have such a wonderful life mm -hmm. when they might be just as sad as the next person. Like, just because it's like they have the perfect house, the perfect family in right. pictures, it doesn't necessarily mean everything is perfect. You know, and so, and I think we start to compare ourselves to a fake aspiration. Exactly. Life. And this kind of ties back to when you asked me earlier about, you know, am I more honest now? And something I realized um, when I moved abroad and I started working and traveling a little more is people from my hometown and even current friends who I'm really good, um, have good, good relationships with, they'll message me and say, you know, you're so lucky, like, you're doing all of these things, your life is so cool. And I really try to be honest with everybody. And even when I post on my social media, I'm like, yeah, this is happening. And this is cool. And I'm grateful for it. But it's not like a walk in the park, right? Like, I still, wherever you are living, like, you're still gonna come across unexpected circumstances and, you know, challenges. And just because I'm living somewhere else, and have these different opportunities doesn't mean I'm not having emotional, you know, like challenges and stuff. You're not like shielded that. from it exactly. or immune to it, I guess is there. There's many like different layers exactly. to exactly. like an onion, right? Like you have all those uh, different layers to you and to your situation right. just because say you're in a different country doesn't mean anything right. else. Like that's still the same situation as our situation right. in America, right? Like even though right you now you your... are in a better situation, don't fool up. Right. Like I mean, you even admitted that you're fine because of COVID. You're happier right. there. Yeah. So. But again, you know, I think that's still optimism because if I really want to break it down and be negative, right? Like I'm optimistic, but if I'm really gonna say and point out all the negative things what like I just graduated with a master's but I can't find a degree because COVID you know in fact mm -hmm. it's an industry it's dead yeah. I was supposed to be in Italy right now right but I couldn't because two different lockdowns happened but I know that this isn't gonna be forever COVID will eventually right. be controlled eventually things will get back to quote-unquote normal and how we live our lives um, and so, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have family here that are, were so willing to take me in. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, things are super like not okay. And I acknowledge that, but I also yeah. acknowledge simultaneously that I'm not, at, I'm not going to be stuck here forever. And I do have things to be grateful for and things to look forward to. That's really awesome. Well, this is really good. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. It was nice to reconnect with you, Rachel. Uh, nice to reconnect with you. And I'll probably be messaging you here <laughs> in a few minutes anyways. And we'll have to stay in touch. Of course. Of to course. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you again. You're welcome. Hannah, what did you think about this episode? I really enjoyed it. I mean, I feel like this is the type of topics that I – 
really think are helpful for other people to listen to, especially during this time when a lot of people are down because they don't feel very optimistic and they don't feel like their life's really going anywhere. And I think hopefully this will help. And, you know, how she talked about how she felt at 16 versus now and like what she would tell herself at 16, I really think is good. And I know, you know, when you are going through a harder time, it's hard to hear people say, well, it's going to get better because you just, you just want it to be better right then and there. And sometimes it's hard to be like, well, I have to go through this time so I can, you know, hit the wonderful moments of life. So what did you think? Um, basically all that. I feel like, you know, you have to also grasp those moments uh, that aren't ideal either and just look at hopefully in the future um, if you ha- use that optimism and use certain um, self-care tools that will help you go to where you want to be because sometimes it's, like I said, it's hard to not imagine it being right then and there, but, you know, progress is okay. Yeah, progress is not perfection, but progress uh, makes us who we are and will, you know, make us help us grow, I feel. So, yeah, and we hope you guys enjoy. And I know last week we forgot to mention Black History Month, but we have posted some stuff and, you know, we'll continue to post that. And I kind of feel like it shouldn't just be a month, it should be like yeah. every day that we're like aware of like inventors and different things that we take for granted that um, has really, you know, like the black community has like done for everybody. And uh, yeah, I just, and then take a listen to last year's episode because we did an episode about Black History Month too. I'll be sure to post that too. And um yeah, that's what Jacob and I, my friend and I were talking about was that it should be every day. And he was always, you know, back and forth about it being a month. It should be every day. We're learning along with having it more in our history books, too, for our children and just in general. So, right. I mean, I still think we should have the month, but I do yeah. think like we shouldn't just stop with the month. Oh, exactly. Like he likes the idea of a month, but he wishes, you know, it was more like obviously all the time, you know, yeah. so... I also have to wish my mom a happy birthday. Her birthday is on Valentine's Day. And for those that don't know, her name is Valerie Ann for Valentine's Day. So very, you know, very cute name on the whim name that my uh, grandfather came up with for her. So if you are listening, make sure you wish her a happy birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday, Valerie Ann. So, all right. Next week, we hope you guys tune in for Matt Jones, and he is talking about retail during COVID time. So he was a manager at Black House White Market, and they recently closed. He was a manager in Charleston, West Virginia, and they recently closed, and he kind of talks about just how this time has changed retail and just shopping in general. So it's a really interesting episode. So we hope you guys tune in next week. What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners.
listeners, go to our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And this was What I 